I will act and listen with empathy, seeking to understand the feeling and perspectives of all human beings within our community and beyond. We are Mr. Casinas and Mr. Darling, and you're listening to A Day in the Life. Welcome back, HDS. In this episode, we continue to highlight the values of our character creed through the student-led programming in all three divisions. Empathy is the next core value we want to focus on and highly suitable given the time of year. For example, the MS leaders are reaching out to local long-term care homes, creating and sending the residents digital holiday cards. At the same time, the English department has just completed a read-in short story with all high school English classes. The story explores the lived experience of an LGBTQ teen struggling with the pressures of coming out to his family and friends. But first, we will visit a long-standing HTS tradition of the 123 Drive. Despite the pandemic, we have found a way to continue to support our local community as a lead-up to the holidays. This year, we have continued to support our connections partners of the Richmond Hill Food Bank and In From the Cold. Students and staff participated in our Christmas food drive and generously donated gift cards to support the Richmond Hill Food Bank Christmas families. The Laura School led a sock and glove drive for the In From the Cold. I sat down with two grade six leaders who were instrumental in the success of this initiative. I'm standing outside in front of the school with two grade sixes, Olivia and Ani. Ladies, why are you standing in front of the school this morning? collecting gloves and socks for our one, two, three drive. That's right, our annual Christmas one, two, three drive. Ani, where are those socks and gloves going to? They're going to In From The Cold in Newmarket. That's right, our connections partner In From The Cold. Ani, what other connection uh, does do the Grey Sixes have around In From The Cold? Last month, Mr. Casinas came to the grade six, our class. We had this empathy activity that was really fun and we made a lot of stuff and learned about empathy. Ani, can you tell us, our audience a little bit more about that empathy activity? Well, we did a lot of things also as like, we cut out these um, paper socks and mitts to hang on our donation tree. And you also had the student leader who read us a book. Around the theme of empathy as well, correct? Yes. Outstanding. Okay, Olivia, this podcast is around our school value of empathy. How does empathy tie in with the donation drive for one, the, two, the one, two, three drive? Empathy ties in because empathy is like putting yourself in someone else's shoes. So we are most likely fortunate to have gloves and socks, but if you put yourself in someone else's shoes that might not be fortunate, you will probably be cold. Well, thank you, Olivia. Um, Thank you for that honest answer. And I want to thank you both for helping serve and collect and be leaders in grade six all week. Uh, and appreciate your help. All the best. Thank you. 
So I'm standing here with three middle school leaders who are helping to organize a digital greeting card initiative. Can we call it that? Um, today in the in the middle school, uh, Michael, could you tell us a little bit about what it was uh, middle school students were doing this morning? So this morning we had a middle school holiday card extravaganza. That's the official title. Um, and what it was is um, the entire middle school decorated cards on Google Jamboard for long-term care homes because long-term care homes have been really hit with COVID-19 and it's been really tough for them. So Leah and Stephanie, two of our middle school leaders, thought it would be a great idea to kind of give back to our community. So that is what we did this morning. So, Sophia, I'm wondering uh, if you could tell our audience a little bit more detail about what exactly your peers were doing this morning with their greeting card initiative. So this morning, um, we every class was put into groups. There were about six groups per class. And in these groups, people were just working on separate jam boards and making these fun cards to give to these long-term care homes. And there were nice messages on these cards um, saying happy holidays and things like that. People were also drawing Christmas trees, snowflakes, really things to get people in the Christmassy spirit and excited for the holidays. And we really hope that by doing this, we'll bring some joy into the long-term care, care houses for those there. So I'm sitting here virtually online uh, with uh, Stephanie and Leah, two other MS leaders uh, who uh, were instrumental in helping the MS uh, Digital Greeting Card Initiative get off the ground. And I'm, I'm hoping, Leah, you might be able to tell us a little bit about uh, your role in sort of coming up with the idea originally and how it got to what happened yesterday. Go ahead, Leah. So basically, in our middle school leaders' meetings, we were coming up with different holiday initiatives that could happen with in our middle school and I had the idea to make digital holiday cards and send them out to long-term care homes in the greater Toronto area. So after I came up with the original idea, I was thinking about where we could actually send them. We were thinking about 360 Kids, the food bank, long-term care homes, or even hospitals. And then I began to reach out to them with Stephanie calling, I think, at least 45 of them. And we got some of them to say yes. And then um, on Wednesday, the past Wednesday, we actually put the plan in in place and we were actually able to make the digital cards and we're going to send them out soon. So I heard that you guys called up to 45 different organizations to, to try and get some permission to send people cards. And I'm wondering, Stephanie, could you just tell us a little bit about how that process went for you and what the outcome was of, of all these phone calls? Um, so the way it ended up working is I was FaceTiming Leah the whole time and we were kind of both sitting there a little scared and a little nervous. Um, the plan still wasn't like the whole thing set out. It was kind of just me and Leah trying to test the waters. And we ended up calling many homes, as you said. But at the beginning, you kind of just sat there looking at each other through the instructions of who to call and what numbers to press at the beginning of every phone number. And we kind of would just stare at each other. And we were both very nervous, even if I wasn't the one speaking necessarily. Um, and we had our scripts and everything ready. But I think as soon as people started responding to what we were saying, and they were all like, wow, that's such a great idea, or some of them maybe not as much, but um, some of them were very, very nice. And I think that from there, all of a sudden we wanted to call more people. 
And all of a sudden, even if we were tired, we still were like, oh, but there's another home and another home and another home and look at this one. Um, and from there, I think that's when the project actually became something very big because we were invested all of a sudden. So Leah, I'm, I'm really wondering, it's such a fabulous project um, and I know it, uh, looking at all the voicemails and, and emails that went back and forth, uh, complicated and complex and I know you're still not done technically, but can you tell the audience why is it that you uh, wanted to get involved in a project like this? Well, I volunteer a lot outside of school and I usually work with younger people, people that are younger than us, and we tutor for free and things like that. But I've only worked with long-term care homes a couple of times and I've never really worked with them during the pandemic and just reading about it on the news, seeing what they're going through right now, I, I really found that we're in a really big place that allows us to have all of these resources and that we're allowed to do all of these things while these people in these long-term care homes they don't have the same things as us and especially around this holiday season i just wanted to you know bring joy to this the staff and all the residents in these long-term care homes stephanie congratulations on a, a fabulous ms leaders project i just wonder uh, as a final question uh, what did you get out of this program and what do you think maybe uh, your peers might have got, got out of uh, doing this, ex having this experience? Um, so originally when I joined the project, I had never really thought about long-term care homes in general. Um, and coming into it, um, I never really understood at first um, what exactly was going to happen and um, ha what was happening in long-term care homes during the pandemic. Um, and as soon as I w as Leah talked talked to me about it, and I kind of understood her side of the initiative more than what I was doing with my group, um, I think I understood that I understood why she wanted to do it and what she like what they were going through, and um, and I wanted to take that chance and try to help others because I have the space to do it as a middle school leader, and I don't and I have the opportunity to do it. Um, and I think I experienced a lot of empathy going into it because um, I understood all of a sudden how hard it must have been for people um, that were living in these long-term care homes. And I really, really hope that um, students in that in middle school that participated in it had a very similar experience. That's amazing. Thank you so much. You've both done a, a great job. Congratulations on this initiative. And uh, thank you for your uh, words today. Just as the bell's about to ring, I walk into school. All at once, people come running up to me in the hall, friends and foes alike, Melanie, Chantal, Sally Levine, Mindy Walters, even Kieran's there, looking nervous and like he almost regrets what's happened. Before anyone can ask if I know all the rumors going around about me and if what people are talking about is true, I say, yes, I'm gay. Hi there, this is Dr. Tony Antoniadis. I am the co-head of department uh, for English, and I am a senior school English teacher here at HDS. Thanks, Dr. A, for sitting down in our studio today. I understand that the English department recently had a new initiative in senior school called a read-in. Could you please explain to our audience what a read-in is? 
So uh, the idea of a read-in has its roots in some of the protest movements from the 60s and 70s, where civil rights activists would stage sit-ins uh, in, in coffee shops, for instance, and university students and college students would stage sit-in protests uh, in universities in protest of uh, the Vietnam War, for instance. Um, read-ins are along the same lines where, um, uh, ideally, in a perfect world, an entire school and student body stops whatever they're doing, um, and at the same time, everybody sits down and reads the same story at the same time, um, and then and then follows it up with hopefully some meaningful conversation. And what it's designed to do, in the spirit of uh, protests and sit-ins, is to try to uh, turn reading into a kind of not quite a revolutionary act, but at least an act with real social um, and societal implications and consequences, and to really try to situate literature against a backdrop of activism. And so, um, what uh, what we're our vision for it here at the school is um, what we're doing uh, this time around is to try to pair stories with. Uh, events uh, that are taking place in our community. This time around, we paired it with a uh, sharing day for um, the GSA. And so we chose a story that had LGBTQ uh, themes. And we want to try to uh, to bring those themes into our classrooms uh, in meaningful ways. It's um, it's one of the great challenges uh, that we face as a, as a department. And, and, and one of our, our goals um, for the next little while is to be really kind of... Um, mindful of uh, text selection, that uh, in, in choosing the text that we put on our various curricula, that we try to give opportunities for uh, voices that are often silenced and marginalized to be heard and to be given the kind of um, respect that we accord text courses and, and, and um, uh, official reading that we do, uh, and to bring some of those voices into the classroom and um, and to, to, to treat them with the seriousness that they deserve. And so that's the idea of a read-in, is, um, is, is to kind of bring those causes and, uh, and our curricula together. It's certainly something that we hope to grow over the next little while, um, uh, and something that we hope to make a kind of a regular feature of our courses, so that when we tell students today's a read-in day, they will automatically uh, know what that means and what that entails, and, and come ready to have... Um, maybe some hard and maybe some uncomfortable conversations, but hopefully some meaningful dialogues about um, voices and stories that differ from their own. There are many benefits or reasons as to why one reads. Dr. A, I was wondering, in your opinion, how can a literature be used to teach values? In particular, in this case, our school more value of empathy. So I think to answer that question, I should tell you a little bit about the background of the story that we chose. It's written by a Montreal uh, writer called Michael Whaling, who in the course of doing research for his PhD dissertation in education, um, he was researching um, the kind of lives and experiences of LGBTQ teenagers in Montreal in high school specifically. And having done a few of those interviews, he found them really compelling and really moving. And then when he went to write them into his dissertation, found that reducing them to the odd pithy quotation and kind of statistical footnote wasn't doing the, the justice to the stories that he felt that they deserved. And um, he really wanted to kind of share the impact that they had had on him with a wider audience uh, in their entirety. And so he turned a number of them into uh, a collection of short stories. And so the, the story that we read, which was called Elton John, Uncle David and Me, uh, is actually based on the real lived experience of uh, one or two um, high school students in Montreal. And so it, it has an air of authenticity about it. Uh, and it, it is, um, it is uh, true to life, even if it is slightly fictionalized. And so uh, the hope was that for our students, um, reading that story 
uh, and knowing that this represented the the actual lived experience of, of a peer. I mean, it's Montreal, but it's it's contemporary. It's roughly contemporary. It's the last few years uh, in a similar environment to their own. Uh, and recognizing that it was so different from what most of them experience uh, on a daily basis would serve to give them access to the minds of uh, any student, hopefully, uh, who is LGBTQ um, uh, in an environment that is largely heteronormative, um, uh, but also, and, and cis-normative, um, but also the, 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 hopefully the knowledge that some of their peers are in exactly that situation at the moment and feeling those fears that um, Evan, the main character of the story, feels and feeling that kind of sense of, um, uh, 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 in some ways, shame, but also um, kind of stigma and persecution about uh, the lifestyle that, that he's chosen, that some of their peers are sitting there feeling that same judgment uh, from them. Uh, I think um, having done it, um, uh, most students wanted to say that, well, that story is from a, a bygone era, things are different now. Uh, but I can also say here, as I said in, in the context of class discussion, that um, as a member of the GSA here at the school, many of our LGBTQ students identified with Evan's struggle. And so there's a real disconnect between the way in which um, members of, uh, in particular this, with this story, the LGBTQ community in our school, uh, uh, but also I think any silenced or marginalized or alienated uh, group feels, uh, and the attitudes towards them that are taken by the vast majority of our student body and, and the other members of our community. And so what we're hoping to do here is by giving um, our students access to the to lived experience and feelings uh, of, uh, uh, of their peers, but um, who, who experience life in a very different way, to open their ability to imagine and empathize with the lived experience of people um, that is drastically unlike their own, and then hopefully be able to take that knowledge and understanding and empathy and use it to, f uh, to kind of approach all of their relationships, not to make the assumption that everybody's life experience is just like their own, not to make the, uh, the assumption that because they don't feel fear, nobody feels fear, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to try and really um, build based on uh, literature and based on imagination, uh, a culture of empathy that will uh, lead to a community that's built on um, connections of understanding and, um, and acceptance. Dr. A, I truly appreciate that the English department is making connections to current local issues with this new initiative. And in this case, supporting the work that our connections partner, 360 Kids, is involved in and providing services for vulnerable youth in York Region. Are there plans to have other read-ins here at HES in the future? And if so, what may some of those topics be? Read-ins are certainly something that we'd like to make a more regular uh, feature here uh, with the English program at, at HTS. I think uh, at the moment we're thinking that maybe one, one read-in per quadmester might, uh, might be something to aim at. And uh, we're going to try to look at the calendar and pair our read-ins with some of the events that are taking place in our school or outside of the community. So a couple of examples of that might be Black History Month uh, is upcoming. And um, while I hope our, our role won't be limited to just one story, 
Uh, that's certainly something that we'd like to pair with. Uh, there's an International Visibility Day for trans uh, trans people coming up in March as well. Um, we missed the opportunity at Orange Shirt Day uh, because it was early in the year and we, we weren't quite organized uh, yet with this plan, but that's certainly something we'd look to do next year and try to uh, to pair our, our, our offerings with these kind of larger cultural moments and movements um, and so that um, each, each discussion and conversation can inform the other. I think um, in the future, uh, we'd like to try to approach something like a more traditional read-in where every single member of the senior school would at the same time be reading the same thing, which is sort of the, the official way that a read-in works. Uh, what we're doing right now is a little bit more scattershot as we, as we kind of uh, figure this out. Um, uh, but that's certainly, uh, certainly something that would hopefully we can aspire to down the road. We really want to make this a kind of um, uh, a regular pillar of our approach to uh, engaging these issues through literature. Dr. A, I want to thank you again for taking the time to sit down with us today and more importantly providing new opportunities for our students to learn to listen and act with empathy. I'm looking forward to learning more about and listening to readings that our English department will be showcasing in the future. Thanks again. Well that's all for this episode. We hope all of our listeners will act and listen with empathy seeking to understand the feelings and perspectives of all human beings within our community and beyond. Stay tuned next week to hear more from the students themselves as they continue to talk about their own stories of empathy. And throughout the year, check out A Day in the Life as we highlight the stories surrounding our moral values of integrity and respect. Until then, HDS, thank you for listening, be well, and stay safe. Wee-bee-dee-bee-dee, that's all, folks.